This is the playbook. What's the best way for me to like narrow down like my like what I might want to do? So don't narrow it down. Just don't limit your point of entry. Just start somewhere. Right? So take something and it'll evolve. So if you don't if you don't know, start with something. And once again, look at my career, right? I'm selling. Who would have ever known that it can lead? You, it'll lead somewhere. You don't have to start where you want to end. So I think that's what I mean by limiting your point of entry. Like, I want to be the general manager of the Yankees. That doesn't mean you should go into ticket sales for the Yankees. Yes, that's one way to get there. But I believe in rising and then moving laterally. One of the best pieces of advice is I gave to my brother who you know, graduated Wharton, superstar. Uh, he's like, do you have any advice starting a job? I'm like, yeah, take every promotion. Because what happens is the old guys are like, this is what happened to me. There's an old guy at West that lived in San Diego. Everybody wanted to be in San Diego. <laughs> and so he sat there. Well, meanwhile, I took every promotion. Nobody wanted to be in Indiana. I went to Indiana. Nobody wanted, right? I just kept taking promotions. My brother went to me. I took all these promotions and all of a sudden, I was the vice president. And so guess what? Job opened up in the, the West Coast to be vice president, and I was the top guy. So I went in and to the CEO and said, I want to move to San Diego, where I'm from. I want to be the vice president of the West Coast. That guy in San Diego was still in the exact same position. In five years, I'd moved all the way up, and I was his boss now, living where I wanted to live. So just keep starting somewhere. Learn as much as you can, skills, knowledge and desire, you'll stand out. When you're passionate about what you do, when you're the first one in, you're the one that everyone loves, it means more than your performance will follow. So number one, don't ever consider an end goal. Just call it a milestone, right? So universe doesn't know time, that's a man-made construct. Universe doesn't know numbers. So a lot of times we put like, by the time I'm 25, I want to have a million dollars. No, 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 no. Everything will come in the right way at the perfect time. So. If you're gonna set one of your milestones to be a management consultant, set it there. But don't limit your point of entry, be open right to evolving into something else. As it is, I you know, I wanted to be a sports agent and somehow I went this route and the way I became a sports agent, I, to be honest, I was never really a sports agent, but I was because I ran the most notable sports agency and then I got to represent people. But I'm not, I still today, I never was a certified agent for the NFL, but I represented the Clemente family. I represented, you know, Chris Ariel, the boxer. I mean, you know, I got to do that stuff. So I just literally have a milestone. Think how you're going to get there. What skills, for me, it's always understanding who, what, where, why, how, who can help me and continually like being a doctor. What is that like? Go find management consultants and ask them, what is it like? How, what would you do, right? And ask more than one, because they're all gonna have 16 different pieces of advice for you. But I would ask always, what skills would you think I have to develop the most? What knowledge would you acquire first? Those are good questions to ask, and then stay passionate about it. And who knows where you'll end up, but it's fine. People get so confused. It's detaching from an outcome, detach your happiness from the outcome, enjoy the pursuit of that outcome, but don't attach your happiness, because if it, comes or doesn't come is not going to make you happy. But pursuing something, whenever you're pursuing something, you're happy. So you always should have some pursuit that you're thinking about. The way that I network normally is to be of service. Like I just feel the energy of networking is through, you know, when I'm giving, 
and then meeting people is much more organic. Uh, not to say that, you know, actually there's two types of people. One, those who manipulate, and two, those who inspire. So if I want to live in inspiration every day, enjoy the pursuit, the consistent every day, persistent without quit pursuit, enjoyment of the pursuit of my potential, then I might as well focus on doing good and the universe, I'll attract all the right people. Not to say that I'm not strategic about my service. So if, if I wanted to meet you know, uh, someone in the apparel industry, uh, I would look and see what charitable you know, fashion shows are going on and I'd volunteer. And then I trust the universe that, you know, usually there's very powerful, wealthy, inspirational people that surround themselves with charitable fashion shows. And I'm gonna give all three of you the best piece of networking advice is, I call it the one question. Always have one question in mind, no matter when you, it comes along with knowing your elevator pitch. Always have one question in mind that when, when as you raise and elevate your awareness through vibration, people are gonna be attracted to you and you're gonna be sitting in an elevator and you're gonna miss opportunities when you're 20 years old or 18 years old or 25 because you don't have one question, you don't have an awareness and a vibration of that. So for me, if I'm constantly thinking, I always have to have one question and the question can simply be, how are you? I have a rule, right? All my calls, I always say, and I brand myself this way with all of our staff, that I'll give anybody five minutes on the phone. And I, it, because I know that I can make a difference in five minutes, but it also allows me to qualify the opportunities, right? I won't miss out on, on that as well. And then if someone's willing to take the time to come in and meet me in person, then I limit it to 20 minutes. And so, you know, I'll give them, but the neat thing is, is when you brand yourself that way, people truly are prepared when they come to see you. So it almost puts an empathy, empathy emphasis on being prepared, being organized. So, you know, my staffs, they're trained to say, oh, well, Mr. Meltzer only will have five minutes to talk to you, but he's more than happy to help. So make sure you have your ask. He, he would be more than happy to help you, but you can't waste time, you know, with pleasantries. Make yourself equal. So like when you're looking at resumes, everyone has a college, everyone has a GPA, everyone has their extracurricular activities and the awards that you have, you can be the president of your sorority or fraternity or on the business fraternity, you know, whatever it is, think about putting yourself in my position. And so what can you do either on your resume or in person to make yourself stand out? Ironically, like when I got my job at West Publishing, what, what, they had 2,500 or so resumes and they wanted to hire someone with four years experience. So number one, my professor in law school here was an, uh, an author of the Louisiana Treaties. So I went to him and asked him for help and said, hey, you're like one of the you know, wealthiest authors. You write the civil treaties. Do you know anyone up there? Right? Like you did for athletes first. And he's like, yeah, I do. I go, you know, there's this job selling and you know, I've always been a really good sales rep. When I was in college, I sold encyclopedias to make money. When I was in law school, before I went to the law firm, I sold Roadrunner Sport tennis shoes at four in the morning until nine incoming sales. I go, I, but they want four years of legal experience. And he's like, no, no, don't worry, right? I, I know them, I'll get you the interview. What, what stood out out of all these lawyers wasn't that I went to Tulane, wasn't that I did well here, it was that I worked for Major League Baseball uh, in my summer before law school, and I had all these 
sales jobs. And it, it blew them away. They're like, wait a second, you were gonna be a lawyer, but you woke up at four in the morning to, to do inside sales for tennis shoes, for running shoes. You know, runners. They're like, yeah, I, I can sell ice to Eskimos. Literally, right? That one, that's a distinction that nobody would ever think of when you're gonna get a job, but that is a skill that they were looking for, right? They wanted someone that could sell. The other thing is, don't apply for jobs that number one, you don't want, or two, you're not qualified for. You know, I get people all the time, Dave, there's an assistant general, uh, assistant uh, general counsel job for the Chicago Cubs. And it's from like a gra someone graduating just from Tulane Law School. And I'm like, let's just be realistic. How many like 10 year practicing lawyers that are tired, that are like working for the biggest law firms that know collective bargaining, they know all, they're applying for that job. So why waste your time? Unless you want to figure out some other way to make yourself different and do research on you know, who the current general counsel, who's making the decision, what charities that they like, what their families, you can get there. Because sometimes they'll hire someone because of who you know, but you got to figure out how to make it. You, you're just wasting your time if you're not strategic about what you're doing. And I still think the most strategic thing is what you just did, right? Can you help me? Do you know anyone? At, at least first, I know every single guy there. Their offices around the block. They work for, for Lee. They, I mean, they're at least you have, you know, get into the short pile.